Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I always am for what I've been threatened with is going to be a real conversation um, with Mr. Matt Devine. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am fabulous, man. Thanks for coming on. You and I met as I meet so many people. A person I met said, you know who you need to meet? And I said, and I just say yes. So that is my rule when it comes to podcasting and putting myself out there and connecting with amazing Albertans that do cool things and help tell their stories. So you and I met in the context of the ride for change. And I know that there's more behind the scenes than that, but why don't we just let the audience in? What was the quick card ride for change? What did you do? And then we'll get into the what and the why and the where now and the where it's headed. But let's start with and give the audience a foundation of uh, kind of what even got you and I chatting. Yeah, I think the quick card ride for change, it wasn't my first major event, but it certainly has been the largest to date. And it was a 13,000 kilometer ride across Canada, the hard way into the wind. And then up to the uh, Northwest I, I appreciate the difference of with the jet stream or against the jet stream. It's very important. Touché, touché. Um, and we went to uh, Yellowknife and Whitehorse and circled back into Edmonton. 13,000 kilometers. We lost about 500 kilometers due to the forest fires and some other you know, uh, issues we encountered. Mm. This was being done for two reasons. One was for an amazing charity called You Can Ride Too, who put kids with barriers onto bikes so they can experience the joy and freedom of, of riding a bike, which every kid should. And the second reason was to inspire others and hopefully show people the path to a better tomorrow. And uh, lastly, the third reason, I don't talk about this, was it was to save my life. I, 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 uh, I'm very honest about my battles with depression and finding my purpose. And, um, you know, I just woke up one day and I already run the 300 kilometer and I said I need to do something bigger and better. And, you know, as much as it was for the external causes, there's this internal thing going on within me. And I got on the bike and we started on May 20th and we did it in about 100 days. Because you did the is the seven and seven. That was was that your first kind of foray into saving your life? To be blunt, and I love that you said that. Thank you for being honest about that. Yeah, it was a uh, the the seven and seven was a run from Jasper to Canmore over seven days. So that's roughly just over a marathon a day for seven days, and that truly was an act of desperation. Um, I was in a state of gray. I'd walked away from my career. And uh, just realized that it wasn't serving the the purpose that it once did. I wasn't getting satisfaction. I lost the motivation to get up and get at it. And I just turned to my wife one day and said, I'm going to run from Jasper to Canmore and we're going to do it for a charity. We didn't even have the charity picked at that time. Uh, I started training. I had no experience as an ultra runner. I, I ran I was, one marathon. You, you beat me like to 20. my next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, yeah. I'm curious, why did you pick running? Because running, running kind of sucks sometimes for us non-runners out there. I'm going to be super blunt. It's hard as hell, man. Yeah, and I'm definitely not cut out as a runner. I'm about 180 pounds. I'm fit, but I'm I'm not runner, runner fit, runner um uh, yeah, the there's, there's a physique that, that, that you tend to yeah. associate with the person who wins Boston, kind of, kind of mindset. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, running simple, there's a very, uh, it's a very easy barrier. Uh, you pick, pick up a pair of running shoes. Training's really easy. Um, and plus, it's like the thing I like about these events is I want to be broken down. Like I want to feel that suffering because 
as you go through this transformational process that I'm sure we can talk about, you want to break yourself down and try to remove all of the noise and, and the chaos out of your life. And running in its simplest form is just that. You're taking a journey um, and you get into your mind. Writing uh, as well. You get into your mind and you start to really understand like, man, what's, what's limiting your happiness and what is your what does your desired end state look like? And um, and that's why I love endurance events. They just break you down and they open up those doors so you can peek in. And if truth be told, you you, you discover some pretty ugly things. So it's, <laughs> it's just great for that. There, there, I appreciate the meditative aspect of it. And so I've got an article in front of me that was in Impact Magazine. And one of the quotes, you know, I had two rock bottoms. Once when the doctor, once one was the doctor saying, you're going to die. And the other was, slow implosion of my career at this is pre seven and seven. This is pre the, the, um, the ride at that point, like you said, athleticism was something you came to soul searching. Like, did you try anything else before, or did you just jump to like something extreme because it was so dire for you? Well, for full transparency, just so everybody knows, um, that first rock bottom you mentioned in university, high school, I was really big into athletics. I was a, a prof, uh, amateur fighter, amateur boxer. I was doing mixed martial arts, hockey. I got into university and I started to party. And I ended up at the age of 30, 35, weighing 300 pounds. I was a binge drinker, a smoker. And I, I actually went into the, the doctors because I had adult chicken pox. And I was told it could be quite serious. But when he took my blood pressure, he said, I don't care about the chicken pox. You're, you're in some serious problem. You, you know, your, your blood pressure is so high. You're obese. You have a family history of, of some really bad stuff. He said, you've got about five years and you're going to have a heart attack or a stroke. So... That's real. The first, the first thing I, I, I did was not run uh, 300 kilometers or cycle 13,000. Is I literally started to go to the gym. And that started uh, the physical side of my transformation. I started to realize I needed to get into shape. And, but you know what? It was an excuse to party, though, right? Because the more I worked out, the more I could justify drinking and you, partying you and earned, eating. You earned it, right? You earned it, right? Yeah. Which is something we all fall into, right? That's why a lot of people, you know, they go on diets for four years <laughs> because they work really hard for a week and then they binge on the weekend. So I, I managed to get the weight off. Um, I got fairly fit, but then at about the age of uh, 40, 45 in that range, I mentally crashed. I, um, I can't describe it as anything other than the worst midlife crisis like I, I got hit by a wave of gray I couldn't get up for work anymore I was so uninspired you know I was the CEO of a, of a, a small company in Calgary but but successful um, I had reached really good um, status of in my career I was making good money and I just said no I'm done and the 300 kilometer run was my first understanding of that and when I completed the 300 kilometer run there was a photo of me at the Calgary Stampede and I wasn't smiling and I remember I was entertaining some business colleagues and I I woke up in 
in that moment, and I picked up my phone and I phoned my wife and I said, Nicole, where are you? She said, well, I'm about six blocks away. And I said, come and get me. And in that moment, I said, I'm done. I'm done. I can't continue to play this masquerade. And I don't challenge people to walk away from their careers because that's not the answer. But what I was, what I was doing in that, at that, in that moment was realizing that my current path in life was limiting my happiness. It was creating more of a depressed state. And um, that was after the 300-kilometer run, which, which was kind of a, a, you know, a, a pivotal moment because I had run the 300 kilometers. I knew what it was like to go through that process. I knew what it was like to raise money for the charity. Came back to my career thinking things should be fine, and it just... Yeah. <laughs> came back in such a strong wave and I said I'm done and that's how the 13,000 kilometer came into existence I just said I'm going to go out and do something so big and so nasty and I wasn't a cyclist Alex Stita a friend of ours who is a, um, a wearer of the yellow jersey in the Tour de France he's a very okay. famous local cyclist yep. here in Canada he said Matt you started that ride you weren't a cyclist you were a biker you, you had a bike. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the difference of that meaning. Yeah. He said, so Matt, it's incredible that you were able to do it. So I'm curious from the perspective of like mental health and, you know, you, you, you hit some moments, you, you know, there was drinking still played a part in your life. You got, you, you did the fitness to balance that out. Then you found yourself doing the seven and seven. You came out of that. And maybe some of the clarity that came through that experience was allow you to kind of plug back into your old life and go, no, like not acceptable. Curious of the role around the mental health piece on the route around self-discovery, like you found it through activities like that, that break you down and like to use your words. But did you approach, was there a coach? Was there a therapist? Was there a counselor? Whatever word you want to use. Was that something or was this a bit of a self-diagnosed, I'm going to push my way through this kind of journey, just giving an understand there's so many ways that people suffer and there's so many ways that they can address it. Curious of like what different factors played aside from just the extreme events that are easy to point, point a finger at, right? Or shine a light on. Yeah, so I, um, I did have a coach for the uh, event. He got me fit and ready. Well, as fit as you can be for a 13,000 kilometer ride. I did see a, a counselor, a psychologist, I believe. Two, okay. actually. And to be honest, it... I did not find success. I guess maybe I wasn't fully yeah. committed to the counseling, but okay. what I find and what I tell people is two things. Getting rid of alcohol or the amount I was drinking, cutting that down, getting rid of it, stopping was huge because alcohol is a... Yeah. It's a very, very nasty, nasty thing that can it can it can not only break you down physically but it, it it amplifies the mental um side of things as well and the second thing i tell people is there is no better drug in the world than fitness and <laughs> what i will start I, telling I, uh, i'm gonna high five you i'm gonna fist my, i am a, i'm an activity if i don't i yeah i hear you that's yeah. well said man well said <laughs> you, you feel it when you don't do it yep. for a day or two it it, it gets worse and at the end of the 100%. day I, I believe, and this is a this is a hard thing to say. I'm not cured. I'm still. If you ask Nicole, she'll say, "Man, you're just not in a good space today." And I'll say, "No, I'm not." And and it comes in. It's it's like clouds. They move in. 
But what I tell people is find your tools, find your community, find your tools, find your strategy, go through that transformational process, find your desired end state, start to identify those things that are limiting your happiness and leverage tools. And I can tell you right now, fitness, being healthy is, it's a, it's a, I swear if people were on it, the amount of uh, drugs that are taken, I'm sure would be reduced significantly because I think a lot of people, and I'm not saying everything can be cured with fitness. What I am saying is that uh, fitness is something that people could use and in many cases probably avoid having to go on drugs and pharmaceuticals. That, that's my opinion. I think I think it sets a foundation or it sets a an underlying layer that supports a healthier mindset, a healthier a lot of things. Does it solve all problems? No, and I don't ever want to minimize, but I tend to agree with you. It lays a foundation that's like, well, I'm gonna try all these things. Well, ha- like have you done at least this? Like a good night's sleep, yeah. a good a good meal, a good nutrition. And I'm I'm old fashioned that way. So I, I I tend to drink the same Kool-Aid that you're drinking. I'm curious, you said something in there I really want to touch on. Like, I'm not cured. Is this about being cured or is it about like the other part you said about this is about having tools. Like it's not about being perfect all the time and happy all the time, but that resilience that comes on when you go, I am having a bad day. Okay. Let's, let's admit that and let's address it. Like I think in our society, sometimes we have this fixed or broken mindset. I think that's too over. I think it's overly simplistic. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'd like it to be that, but I just don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know. Thoughts, thoughts on even that why words matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think honestly, uh, growing old, <laughs> everybody says the alternative. <laughs> Let's just say getting older, Matt. I got this growing old business. Cause I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> getting old is hard. And yeah. there is a point in everyone's life where the physical, signs of aging will hit you but but more importantly i'm still very capable of getting into the gym and doing things obviously i rode across canada but what i find most is that when you go through the 20s the 30s where you're driven by money paying the mortgage raising your kids buying that fancy car you hit a state where that all stops making sense and that's why People will often say my favorite car was my first car. That's why you'll see a lot of very rich people buy multiple cars, have them stacked in their garage, and the 10th car provided no more happiness than the third car or the fourth car. And drugs drugs come in all shapes and sizes, right? Yeah. (laughs) Drug addictions, addictions come in all shapes and sizes. Workaholics, all those things that you, you do trying to stop the feeling of change within you as you age. And what I tell people is you need to be prepared for that because that's when you have to go to the second drug that I use to help depression, which is purpose. You have to find what you want to do when you grow up, not not just once, but twice. Um, you know, at about the age of 40, 45, people who were driven by money now have a bank account with money in it. They have a mortgage that's paid off. They, they have a lot of things in place that they didn't have when they were 20. And now you, you ask catch yourself, up, you, 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 you catch up to that story and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Oh shit. I, I you, you, you run, you almost run past your, those original goals. I love that. I, I've been there yeah. even as an organization. Sometimes you can catch up to your goals and be like, Oh shit. Holy shit. We we're here now. This seems like it was always way over there. And now we're sitting beside it. What now? And that's a weird moment for people, and it can really throw you off your game. Yeah, and 
it, for me, like it's 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 I stop and I'm I'm I won't say exactly how old I am, but if I think about it, I may have maybe <laughs> twenty more Christmases, maybe twenty five more summers, maybe 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 as much as thirty. But you know, there's a lot fewer ahead of me than have uh, passed behind me, and yeah, yeah, and and now you start to come to that realization, like what am I going to do? Like I want to do something now with my life. I'm not satisfied with what drove me or, or motivated me 5, 10, 15 years ago. And I believe that if you're not open to that realization, the depression will come and you won't know how to deal with it. Most people, sadly, start to work harder. They start to spend more money, buy the fancy things, buy the, uh, another car. or They try to fill that void by these things that made sense 10, 15 years ago, but now they don't. So now you need to fill the void through something else. And it's an existential question. You have to ask yourself, well, what is that? And that's the journey that you need to go on. And that's why, you know, things like the 300-kilometer run or the 13,000-kilometer ride are so brilliant because you, you, you can get into your thoughts and ask yourself, like, what is it that, that's limiting my happiness? And, you know, I used to look at the stock market Every day, I'd wake up and I'd come home and I'd say to Nicole, oh my God, the stock market went down 500 points. I haven't looked at the stock market in probably six, eight, nine, like I don't care anymore. And I'm not saying money isn't important. Money solves a lot of problems, but I just warn people out there that sometimes we put too much emphasis on that and that becomes a too much the focus wrong on the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm um, curious. So after the seven and seven, you had to you're like, get me out of here. I this is not like, this is a, this is, this is a shell of who I don't want to be. You just like, cause you finished the 13,000 kilometer ride in August of this year, correct? Yes. So, uh, so what, August 27th, August 27th. So I'm curious what has shown up since? Cause you went through that experience, obviously tons of time. Like that's, that is meditation for 13,000 kilometers. Really? Literally. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was strange about it is, um, when I went on the ride for change, you know, I confused my passion to do those events. Um, I was confused because I thought I was doing it for all the right reasons. But if, if we be fully transparent, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the guy out there on the bike and I wanted the attention and I wanted, wanted the applause and I wanted everybody to say, Matt, you're doing this great job because that was my validation. So I had too much ego. Um, I didn't really focus in on the right purpose. And maybe 50 days into the ride, I realized, hey, no one cares. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, which which, which, you, which you, also has a lot of freedom attached to it in a weird way too, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, the value of social media and, you know, the number of likes and uh, how many followers you have it seemed to not matter as much when I was out there on day 30, day 40. There's only one Terry Fox in this world, and there will only be one Terry Fox. And after that, you just have to accept the fact that you're not going to be number one uh, news story. And now, now you're doing it for the right reasons. Now I'm out there because... I'm doing it for the kids and I'm doing it to raise the money. Once you drop the ego and you start to put 
you know, the social media side. So now I think if I did a third event, I'd be in a much better place. Is there, Hey, I got to ask, is there, is there a third event or are we still too soon on uh, And uh, there's no right or wrong. That's the beauty of the, this, this question. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I've got, I've got, as I said to you, when we, we spoke earlier, um, I've got a 50-50 kind of coin flip right now because mm. some days I wake up and I'm like, I just got to get back into that gym and start training for that next mission. But as I said, I have to put myself out there. I have to go into social media. They're necessary evils. And they're sometimes they're, they're tools. really... They're tools. They're tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, putting yourself out there and telling the story and sometimes feeling no one cares or no one listens, it's a kick in the gut. It, it's hard. So some days I feel like I just don't want to go through that experience anymore. And then other days I'm like, no, let's get back out there. If we do another event, it's not going to be a Matt Devine riding across Canada. We're going to try to leave this community with an entity that will live beyond me, that will be bigger than me, that will inspire and motivate others to undertake their own transformational journeys, but do so in a way that helps our community. We feel there's a better way to raise money for these amazing charities. We feel that we can help accelerate that with no costs to the charity. In other words, we're actually making their overhead and their admin um, costs go down because we do it and there's no money that touches our hands. Everything we do just flows right to the charity. I incorporate business people into the conversation. I incorporate community through social media and I try to create a a wave of change across Canada. And so now if we do it, it's not going to just be Matt Devine. We're going to create an entity that will live beyond this event and, and live beyond me and Nicole. You, you use the word purpose earlier and it gets thrown around in good ways and bad ways. It gets used uh, exponentially, I think, in our society today. Is it as clear to say, like, how do you take that time to rearticulate what your purpose was before you did the ride? Because it sounds like you've really had a, you know, fireside chat come to Jesus kind of with yourself around, well, why am I doing this and what matters to me? Is that still built around the same core purpose or is that core purpose consistently evolving? And do you take stock of that? Yeah, it, it, this, this transformational journey, this work in progress will go on forever. I, I, I incrementally improve, but I'm always looking for that brand new tomorrow. So it, it's what I tell people is transformation is not just getting fit. That's, that's the slightly better yesterday. Transformation is experiencing what a baby feels when they let go of the table and takes those first few steps. Their world completely and permanently changes for the better. They're abandoning behavior, the couch surfing, and they're picking (laughs) up new capabilities that open up their world. But that doesn't mean the baby stops. The baby is still going to be going through these moments of, of discovery. We as adults have to start doing that as well so the run taught me something the ride taught me something um and i'll tell you the first couple of events have been nothing nothing more than trying to become a better person i'm starting to realize that i am fixing some of my flaws so now i can start to focus on those external items helping the community helping the charity but it's, it's a work in progress constantly like i struggle every day and I find myself doing things that, like, I look at social media and it bugs me. Like, oh, 
just hate that. Like, but but that's the ego. That's the that's the old version of that. I'm trying to correct. And this 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 journey so far, and the one that we're going to take tomorrow, is always about constant improvement. Mm, I appreciate that. I'm curious. So, why look at social media then? Why not just turn it off? <laughs> Yeah, it's a very uh, good question. As I said, it's a necessary evil. It's um, it's a little bit like the internet. That the, the you can find such great value in going onto the internet. You could go on there and discover how to get fit and good nutrition, and and then you get some sort of MD page that tells you to take a magic pill and everything's going to be solved. That's like social media. Social media has connected me with some amazing people. Um, I believe I've inspired some people, but I can also tell you that I'm not a 20-year-old fitness model, <laughs> so <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm not getting the thousands and thousands of followers that, that I would love to have because that would tell me my story is interesting, but it's, uh, it's, it's needed, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dicey game. Uh, yeah, it is. And I think like, I, I love your example of like, you can find many solutions on how to make your life better. And you can also find a lot of bullshit online. You have to be a very discerning yeah. uh, consumer of content, right? <laughs> Cause it's all out there and it's, un, and it's almost, and it's indiscriminate, right? <laughs> yeah. And, it, it shoots, it, it shoots without looking. <laughs> yeah. And social media is like, um, I don't know. I even find myself thumbing through it and I'll get onto some reels of people falling over or some video of a dog or, and, and I'm laughing and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but that post will get thousands of likes. I could put a post up about kids getting onto bikes for the first time that moved me and it may get 15 likes. So it, it can be humbling, uh, really humbling. I'll tell you when I was on the ride, um, especially when I was in the very remote northern parts of the, the country, northern BC and, and Yellowknife and uh, Whitehorse, I'd often stayed in the cold, like, does anybody even know? Do, do, do people even care? I was 80 days into the ride. I was riding for seven, eight hours a day. I was beaten up. We were driving through the smoke. And I just thought, maybe no one cares because my only, my only gauge was this device called social media and yeah it, it was difficult i can tell you that how critical is it for anybody at that point like because it's the purpose that shines the light it's the north star that pulls you through right it, the north star is a great example because like oh the, it's a cloudy night and all of a sudden the north star emerged and i could follow it and i and i could find my way how critical is it for you know your own journey but also for people to like it's the times when it gets really friggin' tough that 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 purpose if it's not there, we falter or it's hard not to, I don't want to say we do or we don't, but how did you like, was those, was those the days that literally it was just like, to your point, you and your thoughts and, and your 15 likes on social media, but your purpose was strong enough that you didn't give up. Like, is that as simple as it is? That's a really good question. I'm super glad you asked because, you know, purpose is the fuel that will drive a person forward. But I, I can tell you this, and this is a very, very honest comment. On my worst days, the days that just um, physically and mentally broke me, and I can give you examples of saddle sores, 
um, freezing rain on the run that could be missing toenails, days that were just atrocious. I could think of kids getting on bikes and it didn't matter. I, I still didn't want to do it. So that I tell people, some days suck. Day to day they suck. On a run they suck. During the ride they sucked. And you just have to get up and say, this too shall pass. A good friend of mine, Darcy, said to me, Matt, always remember, it can't always get worse. At some point, <laughs> it's going as to As long change. as you're still breathing. As long as you're still breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And people no, have to be prepared is that, for is that, is that Navy SEALs? Isn't the Navy SEALs embrace the suck? Isn't that one of their catchphrases? <laughs> yeah, and I'm very cautious about like quoting David Coggins and and the Navy Fair SEALs enough. philosophy because yeah, listen, that whole crew, create, that whole crew of guys, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, they create this. Hey, if you're going to be a, if you if you know to be to make these changes, you got to grind it out. You got to suffer. Yeah, you do. There's no doubt. Some days are going to suck. But a single mom who's struggling with a sick child, you can tell her to, but you know, suck it up and bite down on the on the you know the the rubber strap and just fight through it. It, 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 it that doesn't help. All I, I want that, people to you. know is that, that. Thank you for saying that. I think because social media loves to glamorize some of those characters and they are characters, they're personas. They're almost cartoon figures of themselves where they portray this very like unrealistic, unsustainable. It can be inspirational, but it can also be very discouraging because if you're not at that level, then somehow you're not playing up to par. I think that sends as much of a negative message as it does positive. So I I thank you for bringing it. And thank you for saying it because I, I didn't articulate it as nicely as you did, but I didn't find it. <laughs> I talk, I talk almost, for a living, Matt. I talk for a living. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost as bad as not saying anything because that person who's looking at themselves in the mirror is saying, well, if David Coggins can run for 48 straight hours, why did I miss my 10K run on Sunday? What's, what's wrong with me? Yeah, and let's be very honest about it. You know, people ask me, well, how did you manage 13,000 or 12,500 kilometers? There's no secret sauce. There was a very ordinary person, very ordinary, like completely ordinary. I'm a fit guy, but I'm a very ordinary. What got me through it was just the decision in the morning that I'm going to get on the bike. And I'm not going to pretend I'm happy. Nicole had to suffer through many mornings (laughs) of me bitching and moaning and complaining why am I here why did I do this but at that moment I have a decision I'm I'm complaining and I'm swearing but I'm walking towards the bike and I tell people momentum you know feels change and 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 as soon as I got on that bike the mental side of me switched I saw progression I was back in the zone so for everybody listening you're going to have those moments where you're going to say this day sucks, but that day shall pass, but get out there and do it. And I often say to people, have consequences, good or bad. Everybody wants to celebrate the wins, but what's, what, yeah. what happens if you, do, if you don't show up? You need a consequence for that, and you need to hold yourself accountable, but there's no silver book you, you can buy or a, or a Navy SEALs guy you can go listen to. They, their brand, their marketing, they're selling something and it's, it's just not realistic. Did you, did you ever consider putting some of those early morning rants? And maybe you did. I don't know. So that's why I'm just asking because I love honesty and I do think there is a place in our society for that just like raw transparency that it almost is offensive. It's so raw. 
when you're at, when you're sitting in the hotel room or in the van or whatever, wherever you are, just being like, ah, rah, grumble, grumble. Did you ever put that out there to the world or did you keep that a little bit under wraps? I appreciate you sharing it today, but did you ever just, here's me not wanting to get on this goddamn bike after 7,000 kilometers. Yeah. You know, I think, um, and, and you've just given me a great idea. I think going forward, I'm going to try to be as transparent as I can with this stuff. Um, it's the same thing as depression. I, I don't pretend I'm a, I'm a happy guy all the time. Uh, but to answer your question, I was very guarded against sharing the true experience because I had sponsors and I had children that were watching the journey. Um, not only the children that I was helping, but, but some of the family and friends, their children were following. And I, and I wanted to create a, a very positive kind of environment. But I'll tell you, my, my, my biggest sponsor, Lyle Best, who's now my very good friend, he spotted it. And Lyle's been around, you know, he's been around the Edmonton Oilers for a ton of time. He's, he's very well known in our community. He phoned Nicole and said, you better have Matt call me because I can see it in his eyes. He's, he's getting close to, to, to winding it down and walking away. And that was on day two or day three. The first few days were so bad. Um, but like I said to you earlier, I made the conscious decision to go out there. But I'll tell you, the messaging in social media became very um, cookie cutter. Like, another day done, ladies and gentlemen, 140 kilometers covered. Here's what the day looked like. Please donate. I think going forward, it's through conversations like this one. And if I do run another event, I'm going to be as transparent as I can and, and let people know, you know, today sucks, uh, but I'm going to get back on the bike and go. I, I appreciate that. And I love the, again, I think it's really entertaining the, the you know, we're just picking on you're using Goggins. We'll just call it the, the, the Navy SEAL brand that's, that's out there. There's a bunch <laughs> of characters that, that fall into that. And, and I think it's great. It makes for good fodder. It makes for good like jokes and chats about, oh, did you read this or did you see that? But I do, I don't know. I feel we're in an age where we, we consume so much bullshit. A little bit of honesty does cut through. I, that's my belief. Might be limited. But you know the difference, though, is that you got on the bike anyways. You talked about, like, you know, I had, I had a conversation yesterday with someone. They talked about confidence. And it's so easy to look at someone who takes action and just assume they're always confidence. But you don't see the negative self-talk and the turmoil and all the the butterflies and the anxiety that shows up right before they step on the stage or jump off the platform or, or do whatever it is that they do. So it all of a sudden creates this, I think real, like almost Hollywood version of like, Oh, they're just like that all the time. You're not seeing what's actually going on, which I think can inspire, but I think it can hurt us as well. Mm -hmm. It sells a, it sells a false dream. It sells a false dream. <laughs> it's uh, it's dangerous. And there are very tough people out there. I, I think to be a true endurance sure. kind of person, you need to have a certain mindset. But I guess I could give many examples of people who follow me on social media and who asked if they could run one day with me. And they started out with nothing and they ended up running the, the 10K with me that day or uh, further. And then one of our followers just completed her first marathon. And that was she started awesome. her journey when she did the, when I did the 300. So it's, it's how you eat the elephant. It's one bite at a time. Some days are going to really suck. You're going to, you're going to fight through it. Yeah. You need purpose. You use the word that, 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 that Northern kind of star. It's your, it's your compass. 
Um, because if you're getting up every day and you're going to the gym and you're, you know, you're trying to eat healthier, it's just so much easier if you're doing it for the right reason. And that's what purpose is. It's your reason. So find your purpose, but it's not, uh, people say, well, you must've really just thought of the kids on those really, really dark days. No, they didn't help. I, I'm sorry to say that, but they didn't help. I, I, no, I still I love, love it. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. This sucks, goddamn bike. If I see that bike again, um, yeah. Curious. You mentioned obviously, you know, alcohol playing a huge role in your life, and I think in a past conversation you joked about, man, I, I'm a big fan. I love alcohol. Alcohol was like we had a blast together. Has that been a non-negotiable in your life, or has it just been something you've managed in a, in a new way? And I think lots of people deal with addictions. We're just picking on alcohol as as the thing shows up in a lot of our, our lives. Is it a zero-sum game for you now, or is it just you've been able to change your relationship with it or not? So I'm not, I never, I've, I've never said that, um, you know, because anybody that, that drinks can probably put a checkbox besides I'm an alcoholic because the, the, the test for alcoholism is pretty simple. You know, do, you, do you drink in excess? Do you drink often? Have you ever forgotten? <laughs> Yes, 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 all those things. Uh, I mean, every, every night at university was like that for me. But what I tell people now is um, I can be around alcohol. I have no desire to drink alcohol. I haven't declared I've quit drinking. I just realized that the, the, the human spirit and the potential in every one of us is huge. And alcohol is a limiting factor to tapping into that. It, it's, you might as well be wearing a 300 pound bodysuit because alcohol will knock you um, backwards every time. There's nothing positive around alcohol. Um, and, and I still love the, the idea of a cold beer and chicken wings and a nice high-end scotch i love that and and you know i probably will at some point you know celebrate with something like that it's not a yes or no thing for me it's just i'm going to get up tomorrow and crush it and alcohol will, will limit me from doing that it will absolutely limit your potential and that's all i can say about it it's like it's even worse than cigarettes because Guy Lafleur smoked a pack a day and he was one of the greatest hockey players in the world <laughs> You know, one's getting up day after day and performing at a high level. If they're a heavy drinker, they're just not. It's just it's gonna it's gonna kill you at the end of the day. That's an interesting. Yeah, yeah totally. I knew I knew guys used to, especially these, some military guys. Like they'd literally go on a run and smoke a cigarette while they're running. <laughs> that, I, I'm not endorsing that in any way whatsoever. But it, it, it was an interesting snapshot of like, well, okay, well, that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking will get you in the end. Alcohol will get you every day. I mean. You know, oh, you that's a good. That's yes, yeah, yeah. They're both, they're both, they're both kind of f you over in the long run. Yeah, one just yeah. does it now, one does it. That's, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So you mentioned earlier when we were kind of off air that you know you had some meetings and you're thinking about the next thing and you're definitely changing your relationship to what that might be. And I'm really, really. That's the whole point. Like you're doing this to learn and to become some more self aware, and while simultaneously supporting your community, which I love. Any hints? Is like, is it you've done running? You've done biking? Is there? Is it stand-up paddleboarding? Is it swimming <laughs> and a long distance? Uh, um, uh, any hints <laughs> for the audience? <laughs> yeah, and, and you'll be the first person to hear it, but what we're trying to do is create inclusivity. So, I, you know, many people can't get their heads wrapped around a 13,000-kilometer ride. 
I can't get my head wrapped around running across Canada, so I'm not going to do that. But I will, I will make my way across Canada and beyond. And um, oh, nice. We are gonna we're gonna log not only significant kilometers traveled, but we're also gonna log significant hours worked because what I'm gonna do is when I pull into these major centers, I may hike up a mountain peak with a with a with a part of the community. I may do a um mm. a kettlebell session um with a fitness influencer. I may do a ten K run with the local running group. I want to bring people out in those communities so that we create endurance warriors. Um, but it will be off the back of this journey I'll take across Canada. This time I want to focus more on the philosophy of mental health, of fitness, of transformation, and 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 put that in the forefront rather than some man riding across Canada for thirteen thousand kilometers. I, I want I want to do it in a way that talks about the messaging as the the first priority but i'll still do something pretty amazing so that's how it's, it's it. looking yeah, right yeah, now yeah. I, I love the change i love how you know you're at the center of it but you're showcasing different people in different in different towns different communities you're really tapping in because as much as yeah. we're global we're still we live in our village right and our village is what matters most to us even though we get distracted by everything that's going on in the world and i get it sometimes it doesn't do us any favors when we're not dealing with what's in our own backyard i really like that approach yeah and for us we want to raise money for the charity, and we'll 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 be announcing who the charity is soon. It is an amazing charity that that uh, is impacting uh, impacting kids' lives in a very positive way. But we also want to inspire individuals, and no one's inspired um, if they're three hundred pounds, a drinker and a smoker like I was, by a guy riding across Canada. It's just not even. It doesn't connect. But if I am riding across Canada and I come into a community and I meet with a group of adults who may be taking their first step outside to do something active, then let's go for a 10K run. Let's go for a 1K run. Let's do something that will bring the community out because I want to change people um, and give them a path forward if they're looking for it. And I want them to in turn help their communities by finding their purpose, which hopefully will be, you know, maybe helping a, a charity. So it's, it's not just about raising money for the charity. It's creating a wave of change across Canada for the individual. Matt, I really appreciate one, the transparency and just, you know, I love the lost art of good old fashioned conversation. And uh, as you and I joked earlier, I like talking about the real bits and your willingness to kind of share. And I appreciate that this is like, it's not done. Like you're on the journey and that is kind of the whole metaphor, the whole point of it all. It's like you did the one, you learned, you did the second, you've learned, figuring out what that formula and, you know, is it, do I want to go back? But if I do, I'm going to go back differently. Uh, I think that this, this, this idea that we have to have things figured out and who we are today is who we're always going to be. That is such an illusion. <laughs> and I think it's really puts a lot of pressure on people to like pick. I, I reserve the right to be different tomorrow than how I was today based on an experience or learning that I had. And I'm hearing that loud and clear. It's kind of the underpinning of everything you're sharing, which I think is a really powerful message unto itself. Yeah, and uh, like change is the only thing that's certain. And <laughs> I think that people who are, you know, whether they're 20, year old, 20 years old and suffering with mental health or some sort of metabolic condition or you're 50 and you're, and you're suffering, life just wants to beat up 
on us. It's a very, it's a, it's a beautiful thing on one hand, and it's extremely challenging on the other. And it doesn't take five minutes in front of the news to realize just how challenging our day-to-day lives are. And we won the lottery here in Canada. It's only worse than other parts of the the world. So I just want to tell people that it's a battle every day to find that, you know, some people have no problems with it. And I'm not, I don't want to interfere with how they do things, but there are a lot of people out there who are silently suffering. Um, some of it may be related to the, the metabolic conditions they're dealing with. Some of it may be related to the mental, their mental health. And all I want to tell people is, although I don't have a magic cure, I will definitely help give you a process that I've used and tools that I've used that will improve your your status as far as mental and physical health goes. And we have to be our own advocates, plain and simple. I do not want to be lined up outside of an emergency room when I have a crash, whether it be a mental or a physical crash, because I, I we just can't we just can't put that into other people's hands and there's too much stress on that <laughs> on that environment. Yeah, I just don't want that's a whole other conversation. No, I mean, I appreciate yeah. getting the message out. And, you know, I'm a big advocate of leading by example isn't the best way. It's the only way. And uh, just simply you putting yourself out there and doing that, like you said earlier, like uh, some days, does anybody care? But if it inspires one person, it, it's it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to yeah. be too philosophical or prophetic about that. But if one person went, wow, if he can do it, I can go and take a couple steps or I can go jog. I'd have friends that have like, I started jogging and I went between two telephone poles and I had to stop because I was done. And a year later, I ran a marathon. Like the first step, yeah. and it all starts with what that's, it's a joke and it's cliche, but it's absolutely real. <laughs> there was nothing better than feeling like you've beaten or abandoned a destructive behavior and picked up something that is giving you the same potential that the baby experiences when it takes its first step. It's like, it's like, you know, not only did I, I, I drop the drinking, but I'm also going to the gym. The, 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 it's a multiplier. It, it's such an amazing way of taking control back. The news, the bad news doesn't go away. The effects of aging don't go away, but you're, you're putting yourself into a position of control. And outside of the, the very bad news associated with diseases and stuff like that, you're, you're back in the driving seat. And I just want to show people that... The human spirit is amazingly powerful. We just have to tap into it. So um, follow the journey. <laughs> and, and, you know, motivation is very fleeting. You shut the computer down, that little sound bite that, that came through is gone in 30 seconds. As soon as you walk outside and see your snow needs to be shoveled, David Coggins, who? <laughs> I, go <laughs> I know, yeah. Real life so is always real. showing up to sound. Yeah, exactly. Off the so I just want to make sure people are are empowered with the tools and the processes to not always take the journey, but to keep it going. To your point, constant improvement. But I'm no I'm no perfect. I'm <laughs> I'm still trying to figure stuff out. That's what makes it credible, Matt. Matt, thanks very much for coming on. Um, if people want to learn a little bit more, obviously you've got the RideForChange.ca. Uh, is that the be- is that the best place to find you, or the best place to find out more? I would think right now it's divine transformation uh, on Instagram because we're going okay. to re we're going to create a new platform for the next event very shortly. 
Um, and I'll tell everybody that in January, you're going to see a trailer release tomorrow for the, the ride documentary. We're going to be dropping the documentary early in January. So at Divine Transformation will be a good place to see the trailer of the documentary as well as get the details as to when the the next event and the, and the full documentary is going to be released. But January is going to be a pretty exciting time for us. And uh, we're going to be coming to a, a theater near you soon. <laughs> and to your That's awesome, man. To, yeah, to create change. So stay tuned. Well, keep, keep us in the loop. We're happy to. I'm happy to support. I love. I love telling stories, and I love your story. And I really appreciated you taking the time and coming on the show and how to chat today. It was. It was awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks for being real. Thanks for showing up, man. Yeah, and you got to do me one favor. If if we decide to go out again across right. Canada, I, you're the guy I want to speak to once every week or so. To drive right. the real world out because I, I, uh, it's a lot easier to be real with people when you're getting asked the right questions, and you've done a great <laughs> job of asking those questions. So Thanks, I love talking to people who know how to ask the, the questions that bring out the truth because sometimes conversations are just so surfacey and you don't really get down to it. So I I don't have time for that. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate the feedback. and. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to ask this. Is this okay? But I appreciate you gave me also the kind of the permission to like, yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. So let's do it. So thanks for that feedback. I really, that means a lot. You appreciate it, man. And, and, and great chat. I've done a few of these. This is one of my favorites. So keep it coming. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. You love it. I love it, man. Anytime. All right. 